Month. Mind-boggling to you, yeah. Guaranteed victory. This is Talk and Audio. What's happening, everybody? Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Talk and Audio podcast. Coming at you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. My name is Matt Robinson, sitting across the table today from Lever Sage. What's happening, man? It's about time you brought me back on this freaking show. Okay, <laughs> you go away. Things are happening. Mm-hmm. How was your Thanksgiving? Good, good. Delightful, okay, man. yeah, great. Okay, sounds good. Okay. I'm angry today, mm-hmm. and I'm pumped up to be back with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited. Do you need me here? Nope. Can I go wait in the other room? You can. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Just kick back, have a smoke, okay. whatever you need to do. Smoking a pound cake. Yeah. Whatever you need to do. Yeah. And sometimes it's just get out of the way. Uh, yeah. But I do need to, to ask you right away uh-huh. here. Like, you asked me if I was going to come in. Mm-hmm. And then, hey, are you going to come in a little bit more? Are you going to come in a little bit more? Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, Yeah. I am. Yeah. And then, oh, well, I'm away and I'm here. And I'm like, what are we doing? Once a week. Mm-hmm. So once, once a, a week, w- let's do that. Once a week. Let's e- do that. E- every week. Yeah. Okay. Let's okay. do that. Is it always going to be Wednesday? Do we want to set that now for your a Thursday morning drop? Is that what we want to do? We want to plan that off air? Nope. No. I want to talk about it right now. Okay. What, I, I, what's I, better? In Matt? defense of myself, you were here a couple of weeks ago and drank a beer or two and then walked out the door without even taking a, a look at the studio. So I, I, I think that's, uh, I'm not, so, I'm not oh, solely to blame here. Hold on. For the first time, <laughs> for the first time, I'm like, we're friends. We yeah. sat down. We had a couple of pops. We talked about some stuff. And I never would have brought it up again, but you're flambasting me here on the show. What's that bit. word? Yeah, I, it's flambasting. Flambasting. Yeah. yeah. I love that's it. What I said. Yeah. I'm yeah, not sure so, it's a real word. But it's, it's not. <laughs> I think it's lambasting, but I make oh, up. Oh, you're right. It is lambasting. But I make up words all the time. <laughs> so the two and of so us I, together once I a week. I feel like good. that's my language. Like, flambasting. Right? And I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Okay. So we're doing this once a week. And okay. now what's the better day? You tell me, when do people listen? Other than when they see Versailles on Versage the docket. On the, I, I got to tell you, man, last night I tweeted out that uh, you were going to be in studio today. And I finished the tweet and just said, essentially, leave Sage in studio. Look for that to drop on yep. Thursday morning. Coming. Yep. And, then, uh, and then I said, you know, I'm sure he's got stuff to say. I have no idea what it's going to be. I'm just the guy who, who turns on his mic and gets out of the way, as you also suggested right. here, uh, when you were. Yeah. And I go back and I read the tweet after I've hit post. And for whatever reason, my phone has auto-corrected your name into all caps. Your last name, Lee Versage, is coming in. So it's so, like the Ottawa Red Blacks. That's exactly what it's like. So yes. I don't know why and when my phone decided to do that, but that's the gravitas, I guess, that comes with uh, with Lee Versage being here. Lee Versage being here. Versage, AC, all caps. Yep. Wednesday morning. Or uh, Wednesday afternoons, you and I in studio will drop that every Thursday morning for people. How's that sound? We'll drop it every Thursday morning. Gorgeous, man. You know what? I like it. I'll have a lot to say, yeah. like I do today. I've had a couple of weeks worth of buildup, mm-hmm. and I'm really, really happy that you didn't catch me at the end of Thanksgiving weekend. I mean, yeah. it's it's family. It's you know some some good time to spend with your relatives and watch the stupid Blue Jays have one extra base hit in two games and lose. <laughs> watch the Cowboys get annihilated by the San Francisco 49ers. Have the Red Blacks 
have one of the most embarrassing performances I've seen almost Oof, ever. That's saying something. Okay? Almost ever. And I'm not – look, I've been around for the, the Renegades and the Red Blacks for yeah. their entire tenure, but I was not here to watch Rough Rider football. <laughs> I watched it on TV, but I didn't cover it. Okay. I'm not that old. <laughs> but James Duke Ellingson is. Right. And he texted me during that game saying, this is one of the worst Ottawa football performances of all time. A dude who played on a team that made the playoffs with four wins. <laughs> okay? He played on those teams yeah. where it was like they would walk into the dressing room and ask how much they're going to lose by. <laughs> That's what would happen. Let's try and keep it to within 30 today, boys. Right? <laughs> Let alone win a football game. Yeah. And he called that game, not the last one, but the no, one the before against Montreal. One. Yeah. One of the worst all-time performances. Yeah. Now, that's a separate text to me. Yeah. Which I'm now just telling everybody. Well, we both have some friends inside that organization who, yeah, they're, they're not having a good time right now. No, and they, <laughs> but they shouldn't be having a good time. Right. And I have the utmost respect because I think sometimes when – it's not a bias because you cover the team. And I want to make that really, really clear. I don't cover the team anymore. And I haven't covered the team in four months. So he's just a pissed off fan right now. But I do have the utmost respect when you get to know people and you get to know their work ethic and you get to know who they are day to day. Not when they're talking to the media for a minute after the game, right. but who they are when they go to the practice field, when they're in meetings, when they're on day offs, when they do things that they don't have to do, when they're with their family, and you, you start to at least understand who people are. Right. So I have a lot of respect for some of the people that are in charge sure. over there, including the general manager and the head coach. Mm -hmm. But they got to fix this. Yeah, it's not going well. And they got to fix it now. Well, we talked a little bit about this the other day when uh, Michaela Schreider was in here. In that, How's Michaela? Michaela seems to be doing pretty well. Had a good time. People can check that out on episode 1185. You know what? I really like her. I like her more than her husband. More than her husband likes her, or you like her more than you like her husband? It's, it's an important distinction. It is. I didn't realize that you... <laughs> I would need that cleaned that up. That <laughs> you took it that way, but I like Michaela more than I like her husband. Okay. <laughs> We've got that is cleared that up. Is that fair? We've got that cleared up. Okay. Yeah. But I also really like her husband. Yes. Because he was stupid enough to bet me... Mm -mm. At the beginning of the season, because he got all like, oh, the, you can't, you can't talk about the Patriots that way. You can't say this. I'm like, okay, how about this? Okay. You're shooting your mouth off about Bill Belichick and the Patriots and Mac Jones <laughs> and whatever. Like, I want to stop listening to you now. <laughs> so why don't we just cut this off mm -hmm. and go, okay, there's only four teams in your division, right? Yeah. Patriots, Jets, Bills, Dolphins. Are you going to finish in the top two? In that division? Because if not, you suck. And he, of course we're going to finish in the top two. So he bet me a 2-4 mm. a oh of beer. Mm -hmm. We're in the agreed Hopefully signing. Like it's like Pabst or something. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Listen. I told you. When 
Every we, Thursday, I've agreed to do this. When <laughs> and it's on tape, although you haven't aired this episode, That's true. Yet. it may so, not get aired there. Yeah, I'm not part of the editing process, <laughs> but I did agree in the fine print before the deal was made right. that it would be twenty. It could be twenty four individual oh. beers from twenty four different breweries it's if you want. It's a lot no, of work. If you want, okay. And you know what? Now I want to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because they're losing, yes. and it's they're not even going to come close. No. It's going to be, it's amazing. It's already over. <laughs> like six weeks into the year, it's already over. And I love watching them get demolished every week. So if we can circle back and we have to yep. get to the pint because we haven't done that yet. And yep. That's going to be important. Um, this, st- this stemmed from saying that Michaela was here. Yes. Episode 1185, if people want to check that out. And we talked a little about the Red Blacks on that day and the sense that like, you're hearing less and less. Like in previous years, it would always be, yeah, they suck. But it's kind of a fun place to be on a Friday night and the game ops are cool and people like it. it, it's, Mm -hmm. It's still a cool place to be. And none of that's changed in the sense that they're now doing a bad job at game ops or, you know, that it's not a fun place to be. But people are done making that excuse for them. Right. People are sort of like, fuck. Get me a win or two here. Right. Like, I think they're in a dangerous spot right now where this is a hugely important off season to get this turned around and get people excited about this team again and not just you know we're going to be a little better than last year they have to ignite the fan base again because otherwise i really think they're in danger of some season ticket issues here well, and, they're already in danger of season ticket issues yeah. because you look at the product right now and until like we came into this year going okay talks over it's now wins and losses mm-hmm. and what are they right now 4 and 13 right okay well and like then you've talked with your team on the field that they're not very good and they're not competitive. And like even that part of you that wants to be last. like, well, they lost their number one quarterback and like trying to still be legit, right? And create some context. You're still like, if you're someone who's had season tickets for however many of the last winless years, I I don't care. I don't care. Get me some goddamn wins. And well, that- and there is that part of it. And I think I said this last time when this is the only thing I do go back to. So people wanted change and they wanted cleanup. And in turn, they fired the head coach Mm -hmm. who was the OC and they hired a new head coach. They hired a new offensive coordinator. They hired a new defensive coordinator and they have a fourth string quarterback. Right. So if I just presented that to you (laughs) in any NFL or CFL or any football team and go first year head coach, OC, DC and fourth string quarterback, how's that team going to do? It's not going to do very well. It's not going to do very well. So there is that aspect sure. of it, but it's like the Senators. That's okay if it's not been followed up or if previously followed by five years of absolute incompetence on the field, right? Yeah. So people are now tired of it because you waited too long to do what you were supposed to do before. Yeah. And God damn it, Mitch Marner. We haven't won since 67. Well, what do you want me to do about those first 40 years? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm really not on the hook for all of this. How's Mitch doing so far? <laughs> He's not very good, actually. Oh, right. Because yeah. I haven't heard his name, and I've heard Matthews and Nylander a lot. But yep. that's a whole other topic, yep. right? And we will get to all of it. We will. But the whole point here is the Red Blacks. Um, it's I, context, but the fans have been here every year, right? All of what's happened to this team yeah. is legit. It deserves to be mentioned. It's It's fair. But if you're a fan who's paying out good money year after year after year, I don't care anymore. I don't care. I want some wins. And that's not unreasonable either. Sean Burke needs to find 
some better players and take a hold of this organization now. And it's not that he hasn't. Right. It's he hired a coach and he let the coach hire the coordinators. And this season has been a disaster. Yep. Now, it's been a disaster with injury. It's been a disaster in a lot of different ways. But unfortunately, it does. And I, again, I probably have more respect on and off the field for Sean Burke than I do for most people in the organization. Like, I, I think the world of the man. Right. But it's time for him to put his stamp on this team. I, he needs to find better players. He needs to understand if all the coaches are worthy of coming back, whether that is Bob Dice or Kahari Jones or Baron Miles or whoever it is. So he needs to find people that either are here and they're not doing a good enough job and he needs to support those people better yeah. or he needs to make some changes and really make it his team. And he's not that type of guy because he likes to let people kind of do their jobs. And I appreciate that. Sure. But the one concern, I think still to this day, you can go ask players and they love playing for Bob Dice and they have the utmost respect from Bob Dice. Maybe we'll talk about this a little bit later because there's so much to get to. We got to get to our beers. Yeah, and yeah. I got a, I got a hack for you and I got all, all kinds of different things. <laughs> but this organization needs somebody to take a hold of it to go, this ain't happening anymore. And they're going to do something about it. And if that means that Bob Dice or Baron Miles or Gahari Jones or whatever the case, some tough decisions either have to be made to keep them or to say goodbye. But whatever it is, that's on Sean Burke. 100%. And Sean Burke needs to be the guy to lead this team back because he'll go into his third year next year as the general manager. And I don't think you can start to judge a general manager until you start to get into years three and four. Yeah, he's got other people's messes to clean up yeah. and put his own stamp on For things. sure. Yeah. But you can see that the time is coming. Yep. And I want to have a discussion because it's not just Bob Dice. Bob Dice, the one concern I had about him was actual in-game management. Right. Well, I, I still have a major concern. I had that concern. Yeah, we've seen that play out. In his four right. games as an interim head coach the year before, mm-hmm. and it's continued to play out this year. It is a pervasive problem in all of football, in college football, in the NFL, and in the CFL. Coaches are not making good in-game decisions, and they're costing their teams games. And we'll talk about it later, but it's happening... I've never actually seen it happen this much in all aspects of, like I said, college, NFL, CFL. I've never seen anything like it. Well, it goes back to that old expression, right? How many times have you seen a coach win a game? I don't know how often that happens. I've seen coaches lose plenty of games though, right? Like you absolutely can be the guy who costs your team the game. The Miami Hurricanes could have knelt down the ball two weeks ago when they were playing. And instead of that, they ran the ball. Dude fumbles <laughs> on the opposing 25, and two plays later, with 15 seconds to go, they lost the football game. Right. So. Could have knelt down to win <laughs> the game. Did you see the Giants and the Bills on the weekend? The Giants, no time left on the goal. Six seconds, no timeouts. 
left on the clock. They're on the one yard line. They have to. They're going to throw the ball into the end zone if they don't get it. Kick a field goal. Go up nine nothing at the half. Nope. Ran the ball. <laughs> Guy got stuffed at the one. No time left on the clock. What are you doing? Yeah. The Cleveland Browns did the same thing and should have lost a game that they they won eventually against San Francisco last weekend. But if anybody watched that game, there was utter mismanagement of the clock that allowed the 49ers to go right down the field and miss a 41-yard field goal. (laughs) And Cleveland never should have put them in that position. Again, clock management and bad in-game decision-making. Red Blacks suffer from this as well, and it needs to be fixed now. A cruel twist of fate for Red Blacks fans. There is one game left, but they will wait two weeks to have to, Isn't that uh, the to best? See it. That is just brutal for fans before this thing uh, gets put away. We will wait no longer before cracking into the pints sitting here today. What do you got there, man? Who's not excited about this? This is probably the longest we've ever gone into a show before opening a beer. So you did. You came in fired, fired up. I'm. I haven't even started. Okay. But there you go. Yep. The one thing I didn't do, and I finally learned on my like eighth time here. Is to, is to not open the beer. Until it's time. Until it's time and not talk See, over. this would have been the one time to do it because we were going to talk so long. If you hadn't had to crack it, no one would have noticed if you sat back, grabbed it. Moon Mist Ice Cream Ale from Whippersnapper. Whippersnapper, yeah. I have not had this beer and I've had almost everyone in the city <laughs> and I'm very excited to try this. So they are constantly turning over their selection. We actually had Ian from the brewery in just before Thanksgiving and, and talked to him because he had a new one out, uh, which is still available, I believe, um, for the start of the Sen season. It's called Who Wants It? And uh, if you remember that uh, back-to-back series late last season, Senators and Red Wings, um, that sort of buried the Red Wings, gave the Sens one last breath. They ultimately ended up falling short. But at some point in that game, after a scrum, Brady's skating by the Red Wings bench, looking them, staring them down, going, Who wants it? Who fucking wants it? And so that's where the, uh, the, uh, what kind of beer is it? Uh, a rye IPA. It was pretty nice. So, uh, we're stopping in to check that out. That is not what you had though. You're, uh, into the ice cream ale, which is, uh, from the parlor series. Yes. Cause apparently there's a parlor series. <laughs> I guess I'm excited to. Yeah. You're um, now into it, man. Part of the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, Different. Yeah. Different. Not bad different. No. Not great different. Just different. Yeah, all right. He's he's processing over there. I am. He's working through some things. You know what? I used to be a one one sip guy, and now I'm an absolutely three sip guy to... Yeah, often the first sip can be a little overpowering sometimes. Well, you got you to gotta get into it a little. And, and I was and, drinking a coffee before I came, which probably doesn't help with the palate. No. Uh, by the Sorry, way. We'll I, start to keep the sorbets in here for you before we uh, thank you. the shows. <laughs> High maintenance per se. Sherbert. <laughs> sure. Why not? Okay. Sorbet. Sherbert. Gelato. <laughs> um, yeah. Moon Mist. Yep. I do find, and I, I love the difference in some of the the breweries just, again, the way they go about it. Because some like Whippersnapper, and I'm not saying good or bad to either of these theories, because there's like the, the scale, right? Yep. And the scale goes from, hey, we're going to make five beers a month, and we're just going to throw everything at the yeah 
at the at the window well, and see what sticks. And to an extent, that is whippersnapper, right? Like not necessarily five a month, but they're constantly yeah. turning over their lineup. There's a couple regulars, so you know when you come in, you at least got that to depend on. And then there'll be something new you can try, which I enjoy. And the the opposite, I think, of what you're talking about it would be Vimy, who they've largely got their five or six beers. That's what they do. They do it very well. They put it out in the LCBO. They have it in the brewery. Yeah. At, but they're not terribly experimental all that often. Correct. Yeah. And then there's everywhere in between. But I do sure. find that Whippersnapper is on one end. And yes. like you said, Vimy might be on the other end. And a lot of breweries have their staples and then they'll try a few things. I know, you know, if you go to Ashton, things that aren't in the LCBO from their pumpkin right now to mm-hmm. uh, they have, they call it a sour. It's really a raspberry. Um, they have different. And I've brought you. Yeah. A couple of nice Ashton IPAs coming in the door. So they have a regular IPA, but they do uh, a series and like, like most breweries, but they have an East coast, they have a West coast and they actually have a black IPA during the winter season. I like that. As well. So I brought you an East coast and a West coast, all part of their slow boat series. Okay. See, and I... They were, uh, they were a little warm, so that's why I didn't go with it here on this episode, but we will certainly get to it either later today or, yeah. uh, or in the next. Well, probably time. later today, cause yeah. you'll talk too much and I'll have to listen to you and we'll, you know, have some time to go on. Lever Sage every Thursday on the Talking Audio podcast. Could you say it a little bit louder? It's going to be fun. Please. Um, quick. <laughs> uh, Lever Sage will be here. I'm not certain <laughs> I will. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I may or may not be missed. Some, <laughs> yeah. Some of us will be okay with that too. Uh, so I did come in, not a hack. But I'll tell you, this is the type of person I am. It more describes if people- Can I get in on this? Can I describe what kind of person you are? (laughs) Yes. Right after I tell this story, you can describe it. I will cut you off and we will go to important things. (laughs) Um, But, so I say this like half in jest. Um, When I was working every day- uh, I would go and get a. Cup. I had a bit of a, a bit of a slip just before I let you start your story there yesterday when when Shrides was in here, and I had, was advertising you were coming in right yeah so gonna be, and uh, I had said something along the lines I can't remember exactly what context, and I said uh, when Lever Sage stepped away from TSN and Shrides and I kind of looked at each other and then I kind of sheepish went when Lever Sage was asked to step away from TSN right <laughs> you just there. forgot a couple words right. it's fine. <laughs> And who really cares who asked who, right? Like, <laughs> carry on. Is he working there anymore? No. <laughs> no. He stepped away. Th- doesn't matter how it happened. That's right. Um, but I would go in and I would get a coffee. I would only have one coffee a day. Some people like two or three coffees a day and that's fine. Yeah. For me, I need one, but I liked it right before the show. Okay. Like to just kind of get me going sure. a little bit. Dealing with, you know, the... Likes of AJ and different <laughs> stuff. I needed a little pick me up. Yeah. Matt Connors Vita and, and, and such. I know he's been in yeah, that's here right. too. Probably didn't talk a lick of sports, but I'm sure it was a really good conversation. Great music talk. Yeah, see? Yeah. Exa- exactly. Yeah. Um, he's really good at music. Yep. So when I would stop, I went, I used to be a, a Timmy's guy, but now I'm a McDonald's coffee guy. Okay. And what you can do. At McDonald's. So this will just let you in on a little bit of who I am. So you can, it's a hack. I I call it a little bit of philanthropy. Okay. Flambasted philanthropy. (laughs) Yeah. See? (laughs) It goes well. So when you go to McDonald's, you can buy 
they ask you sometimes if you're going through the drive thru or if you're just getting something, would you like to buy a two dollar donation to Ronald McDonald's house? Sure. And it will give you any size coffee. Hmm. So what I started to do that I bought one just because, you know, they asked one time. I'm like, yeah, sure, a couple bucks to to charity. But then I was like, okay, where's the money going? Like, I know they, they're telling me it's going to Ronald McDonald House, mm-hmm. but other than them telling me that, how do I know where any of this stuff is going? Right. So not that I followed this path all the way down to make sure that my two bucks in pennies, my 200 <laughs> pennies got to the actual house of Ronald McDonald and was benefiting the kids. I didn't go that far. Right. But what I did do was go into the McDonald's that I bought the gift certificate from or the donation from. And I sort of asked them to see the manager. I asked the manager, Hey, I just bought this. Could you just at least show me something about like where it's going? Do you have anything to to show me? It's not just another two bucks that's going into this particular McDonald's pocket. Right. And they did. They went and showed me at least through the computer system that they use, that they, here's, you know, it, it gets sort of divided. Here's the purchase. Here's the donation. Yeah. It gets divided and it goes into this pile and that's the pile that goes to Ronald McDonald's house. And, you know, I, I believe them mm-hmm. when they talk to me. Like, I don't know after that what happens, but I believe them. Right. So now, and it's less often now. <laughs> because I'm cheap and I make my own coffee at home because <laughs> I don't have to go anywhere. Right. But say today, when I came in to see, I stopped at McDonald's, I had my donation and I buy an extra large coffee, which now costs two fifty seven, And I say, I'd like to buy an extra large coffee and I'd like to buy another donation. I get up to the window and I say, I, I have a donation in my car. I said, I'd like to use the donation for the coffee but I'd like to, you know, buy another one. Right. So what I've done is now just, I used to do it every day when I went into work Monday to Friday. So I'm giving 10 bucks a week to charity Mm -hmm. and zero to McDonald's. (laughs) And I'm saving, if I'm getting an extra large coffee, I'm saving 57 cents every time I do it. But I'm not going to focus on the cheap, frugal part of it. I'm going to focus on... The philanthropy part of it. Correct. Yeah. That I am giving money that goes to charity, as far as I know, and I at least took step one. It might be a 10-step process. Right. But I at least took step one of trying to find out that the money's not just going back into their pocket. Mm-hmm. And I believe them, so... Every time I go I'm to... I'm making a donation. I'm getting a coffee. Every time I go to McDonald's... I pay two bucks instead of two fifty seven, and that two bucks is going to charity because every time I go in, I ask for an extra large coffee that I pay for with my already purchased donation. Right. And then I buy another one and they say, well, why don't you just keep that one instead of giving me a new one? Yeah. So I just literally have had one in my car. They used to know me now. <laughs> like they used to know me. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'd start to order. Like, yeah, we know. <laughs> Come on up. Here's your coffee. Yeah. Keep your thing and I would ask, like, like yeah. does anybody else do this? And they're like, no, you're the only person that does this. <laughs> but I knew it was okay 
when somebody that worked at McDonald's told me that it's actually really smart. You're donating to charity, and I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a bit of a hack. I'll let you have that. I'll let you call it a little bit. I don't know if it's a hack. It's a 57-cent hack on an extra-large coffee, I guess. Yeah. But it's more of at least I feel when I'm going to get my coffee. I'm doing something good while I'm here. something good is happening. Yeah. And I'm saving money. Right. I like that, man. Okay. Uh, Friday morning, we'll let the good listener know. Our buddy there, uh, Steve Bunda. We'll be in here. There's uh, lots to talk about with him. A lot of fight talk. This is a huge weekend no, for uh, a lot the of UFC. Halloween movie talk. There will probably be some of that as well. Uh, UFC 294 goes this Saturday from Abu Dhabi. Um, whenever they get over there, they they load up the card. It's always uh, multiple main events, multiple title fights, and so uh, looking forward to that. And I still can't confirm because he's a bit of a pigeon. This Graham Creech guy. He says he's probably coming, but he hasn't confirmed for sure that he's coming. So I thought by today. I'd be able to confirm whether he'd be here or not. He may or may not show up. Do you call me a pigeon? I called him a pigeon. Yeah, but do you call me a pigeon? Not usually, no. Okay. I have other things to No, I figured it'd actually be fair if he did. So (laughs) I was just wondering if he used that term for me as well. No, because usually when you say, I'm coming, then you show up. So (laughs) very few few reasons to complain about that for now. Okay. Uh, For now. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, We're on social media, Talk and Audio. Hope you'll give us a follow there. And uh, make sure you're subscribed to the pod wherever you're hearing us right now because it sounds like... For better or worse, there'll be way more Lever Sage in the future every week coming up. So for uh, better. For better. Let's get into the Blue Jays. We've let things I, I thought we had let things cool a little. Am, you seem I, every bit as fine. I am up not as, no, I am not cooled about this. I am there's so much that I'm angry about. <laughs> and I actually will thank you probably this might be the only time ever. Right. But I'll thank you for the opportunity to at least have my thoughts heard. Yeah. Because when you pour your, it's not your heart and soul like people talk about. It's your time. It's your entire goddamn summer. It's your time. (laughs) Okay. I don't sit down and watch every inning of every game, Mm -hmm. but you're damn straight. I know what's happened every night. Yep. Every day. I know if they've won. I know if they've lost. I will probably catch two or three games a week. Mm -hmm. Certainly the important series. I'll always catch, but the time it takes <laughs> to sit down and I hate pitchers and catchers. Maybe that's a media thing because the season is so long already. Pitchers and catchers report in February. I don't give a crap. Okay. <laughs> I don't give a crap that some guys 30 long tosses today and he's done. Fantastic. He's a baseball player. Seriously. <laughs> I did not expect that. No, but pitchers and catchers reporting where your was where your rate. No, would but lead you off start today. the season at the beginning of April. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And Ross Atkins spoke last week mm-hmm. in the middle of October. Actually, he spoke on the Saturday of a Canadian holiday long weekend, which is a just coward. This is cowardly. This bullshit. is why you're here. Okay, yeah. when I say that you don't <laughs> deserve to be here, sometimes <laughs> this is why you're here. Number one, you can keep me in line a little bit, yeah. and number two, you bring up stuff like this that you're absolutely right. One of the most cowardly things that I've seen, and I'm glad you brought it up okay. because this, I'm telling you, if you are listening and you are part of any sports organization, I don't care what organization it is, do not do anything on Fridays after four o'clock and don't do anything on the weekends. Stop it. 
Don't do Especially it. Especially a holiday long weekend. No, but what don't do doing? it because you're when you do that and you get less people there, you think that people don't notice. No, no, you are doing yourself a disservice, and you're getting more like people yeah, are. People know what you're doing. Yes, and why you've done it, and they they know you're cowardly. Yeah, that's how they think of you when you do this stuff. But then, but then he started talking. <laughs> the Ross bot. What the hell? What the hell? What is he doing? I don't... When you are the leader of an organization, and I think you had my good buddy, Scott MacArthur, on not, sure too, not too long ago. Yeah. Listen to some of that. He He's excellent. He really is. Um, he wants to, we should let the good listener know, maybe one of these Thursdays that you're going to be on here. He wants to be on as well. He wants to talk on the show when you're here. So we'll do that up. I also want to get Jackie back on to do this... Uh, just stories. Yeah. Yeah. Just a whole Some travel stories, episode so. about traveling with this. <laughs> really good guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he is a really good guy. hundred percent. But <laughs> there's a, but, and there's a, however, and there's a, whatever other word you can possibly use. <laughs> um, when you travel and spend a lot of time with him, he's little bit different. Sure. But there are so many, and I, in a good way and a bad way, there are so many stories. Literally, I don't think we ever went anywhere together where we didn't have some sort of major episode happen. <laughs> and we're talking about NHL drafts. We're yeah. talking about gray cups. We're talking about not just tiddlywinks, right? Sure. We're talking about major, major events. Broadcasting from a closet in Philadelphia. Like, seriously, like a broom closet. Yeah. We'll do this. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll do Welcome that. to the 2014 NHL draft. Not telling people we're in a stinking broom closet. <laughs> and it was his fault. Some musty old sweaters. No, and it was around. his fault. Yeah. I'm sure he probably tells that differently, but yeah, he, pro- and that's why we need to both be on so he can tell a story and I can correct him. Okay. <laughs> I can correct So, him. yeah. <laughs> so stick around for all of that. Let's stay on but, the Ross bot coming okay. out and pretending so, so, to have human emotions. So when you, no, but when you are the leader of an organization and you mentioned Ross bot because he came across like a robot and like he didn't have any kind of human. Empathy, anything at all. Just, right. And I guess he chose to to do that because I've seen him in other instances where he has not come across exactly that way. Mm-hmm. But again, I never understand what that actually does for you long term. What what is it when he finished speaking and all you had to do was ask yourself, do you want this guy in charge of anything that you're doing ever in your life? Yeah, no, it was an embarrassing performance. It was not inspiring. It was not, oh, we're okay here. It's, I don't know who's talking to uh, who. I don't know who's running what. And and look, one of the key things that is supposed to go into being a leader, and this might sound stupid, but if you've ever been involved in sports or you've ever been involved in, well, most likely middle management, none of us will ever be real management. (laughs) But as a leader, you take far more of the shit than is actually meant for you, than is actually fair 
and far less of the credit that is probably also meant for you. That's what leaders do. Right. And this guy went up and did literally the exact opposite. opposite. Anything that looked bad, that John Schneider, that was all his meeting, his choices, whatever. Anything that looked, uh, yeah, I I just, I I was baffled watching the thing, man. And I I came away. I, I thought Mark Shapiro the next week was slightly better. I thought he at least... It couldn't be worse. Right. And they'd had three runs at it, right? We saw how John Schneider's went after the game. We saw how Atkins went on the Saturday. All right, don't do that. Don't do that. I'll try try over here. And he at least opened his by saying, I understand what the fans are feeling. The frustration is valid. This, of all the the seasons I've ever been a part of, um, was the most grinding that I've ever... So... But when people say that, but that that's important, man. In my opinion, that is important to say all these things that the fans are feeling instead of being like, well, we actually think our this was pretty good. And if this and this would have dropped in, that would have been. Fu-. No, step out there and say what you're feeling right now is valid. I'm feeling it, too. And here's what we're going to do about it. And I thought Shapiro came closer to doing that than Atkins ever approached. When you say that, there has to be some sort of plan to show that you're acting towards that. Yeah. You can't just say it. And especially, like, I don't even under, maybe you could help me understand. That's what I'm here for, man. What they, yeah, I know. <laughs> what they ended up doing with Schneider. Like, he talked yeah. after the game, and then he never talked again. No. Well, I have a feeling. He's the manager. I don't care what Atkins and Shapiro wanted. That dude's the manager. He's the coach. The thing is, I believe he did not want to pull Burrios in game two. That was an organizational decision. It came from the meetings. Atkins can say whatever he wants about that's entirely John's decision. He knows what the front office wants. He knows what the plan is supposed to be here. But tell the okay. truth. Okay. Once he's gone out in front of the media right after that game, and taken all the bullets for the organization, and then Ross Atkins has gone out a few days later and goes, yep, his fault, his decision, and allows him to take a few more bullets. Do I really want to, if I'm John Schneider, go back and face the media again, unless I've been given permission to say, yeah, no, that was a really stupid fucking idea and it wasn't mine. Otherwise, I don't want to go back out there. I'm not going to go out and take any more blows for you. This is your mess. You fucking clean it up sort of where I'm at with it, man. I, and I just... But why can't people just tell the truth? What What is it that you're hiding because you have a, a philosophy? Hiding like, that it was your fault. Yeah, but just take responsibility <laughs> for it and move on. See, because and that's the problem that they've run into now is when Ross Atkins steps out there and goes, that was entirely John Schneider's decision. Well, it was a terrible decision. It didn't work. So is he going to be reprimanded? Is he going to be fired? Is he any of this stuff? Or are we just going to say, yeah, he did this really, really badly and you'll see him in April? Because that's not a satisfying answer either. Not at all. So why do we believe that John Schneider didn't want to pull Burrios? Uh, Everything about his expression while he was doing it, while he's walking out to like this is clear and and it's not a he's not alone this is the way baseball works now for better or worse you can think back to Blake Snell with the Rays a couple years ago in the World Series they pulled him early on because that's what their numbers told them to do that's what their 
you know, their decision. What and everyone roasted them, saying this guy's dealing, and you're pulling them. Well, that's and there's some logic to it. This is how we got here, right? This is right. All, this is the process we used all year, and we are in the World Series. Why would we break from it now? But there is a certain amount of you have to step away from your process sometimes, but not always. But to look at the situation you're actually in, and I just. I don't think there's anyone who watched what Barrios was doing in game two and would have just on their own decision, right? Their own eyes, their own whatever. If throw out all the the, mm-hmm. the front office stuff, all the analytics would have said, yes, time to get that guy out. I, I just, this was something that was predetermined long before the game even started. When we get here, this is what we're going to do. But then say so. Well, they're never going to. Why? I just don't because it's a it makes you look terrible. No, no, no one no, wants to admit Matt, that this is what we're doing. Matt, let me let me tell you something. Okay, about what looks terrible. Mm. All of All what's of, happened. Uh, everything since yes. Yeah, and tell me if they fired John Schneider tomorrow, which they're which not. They're go- not going. To. Which they're not going to do. But let's say he goes out and stinks it up next year, and the Blue Jays suck. Yeah, they're gonna fire him. Yeah, correct. Yeah, tell me what manager of any ilk is going to say. Oh, man, that's a job I want. Charlie Montoyo, too. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Come right on down. <laughs> you know what job I want? I want a job that I can be the front man to take all the bullets, yeah. but the major decisions as the manager of the club are actually not going to be my decisions. Right. Yeah, man, no, I, that's, a, that's, that's a job I want. Yeah, I hear you. But doesn't anybody look this way? Doesn't anybody understand that that's the issue here? Don't you think that's just more and more baseball now there are more and more teams operating this way there are no yeah but here, here you go john schneider yeah. we're gonna put you in charge but we're gonna tell you when to make decisions mm-hmm. but we're either gonna tell people that that's what's happening and not ask you to take the bullet or do you we're, think we're actually gonna put do you s- think there's a part of what ross atkins did when he said that was entirely john schneider's decision do you think there was a part of him that thought I'm doing John Schneider a favor right now. Instead of saying, this guy's just a puppet, will we make all the calls? I'm saying that this guy has autonomy. This guy does control the game plan. This And this one time, it didn't work. But in his mind, he's saying, no, this is our guy. And tr- like in his, this wasn't the moment to do it. But do you think there's a part of him that thought that's what I should do right now? Is, is Did you get that from him? I did not at all. Okay. But, but I'm saying so with that, Ross that, Atkins and his complete lack of empathy and humanity and human right. features and whatever, in his mind, right. no, I'm, I'm no, putting this guy out there as a strong figure. It's a really good question because if they do that, it at least in their own mind would have it come across like John Schneider is the guy and yeah. he's making all the decisions. Yeah. Here's the issue. Everyone who watched the freaking game saw and knows it wasn't. Right. Why Why do all, not all, most management groups and people who get higher up in the world of sports, and I know this goes well beyond sports, it can be with any company. The higher you get, the stupider you think everyone else 100%. is below you. Yeah. And you, you people could never understand. And they're actually they're not stupid. Do you know what? It didn't take a brain surgeon to think, hey, I don't think John Schneider wants to do this. Right. Because we saw, right? Yep. And when somebody goes- baseball guy. This guy, my guy's dealing right now. I'm not going out to get him. But when somebody tells you different, but your eyes are not lying to you. Right. 
what you hear and what you say and what they're not lying to you because yeah we might not be upper management but we're not idiots right Right? well this is what john schneider is facial expression and everything that body language all of it everything that was real when we watched him but now you got a guy on a podium telling you that's not the case no i'm telling you that you're lying that's what i'm doing so i just don't understand the big I guess the concept of business, I, from what I've learned from everything, and look, the senators, guilty, lots of professional clubs, and we're getting more guilty as we go along, of just because they say so doesn't mean it's the no. truth. And it's like we're moving into this world of we're going to own our own rights and we're going to do that. And we're just going to tell you how it is. And I don't care what you see on TV or hear on the radio or whatever. We're just telling you it's like this. So you have to believe it, but we're not idiots. And the, what happens is that that concept turns you off because it doesn't let you trust. Right. I don't believe that these are the people who should be in charge because either they're lying to me or I think they're idiots, right? Like, if you think I'm going to believe that shit you're selling me right now, all that says to me is you shouldn't be running this organization, right? You're way out of your league here. I, I do want to ask you in a more general sense, away from the dueling press conferences that did not go well, the real issue in the series against the Twins was that you managed to put up one, extra one base run. Hit. Yeah, one extra base hit uh, in, in two games. And that is the real issue. Yeah. It's and not the, like, there's a... There's the Burrios a, thing is annoying. It is the poster child, but it's also the dog whistle, right? You just didn't score. And you didn't score enough all year. Yeah. And so that's where this lands. And I'm curious what you think in terms of this so, offseason we're going to see for for turnover, like Chapman. Gone. Kiermaier. Gone. Merrifield. Merrifield. Gone. Yeah. Um, no, You're, you're going to see almost every... Every free agent. Is there any of them you'd want to bring back? No. And I have time for a Kiermaier conversation. No, I do too. But here's the thing. There, there's some of those guys I have the utmost respect for. But just from a financial part of it, from their point of view, they're not going to get as much money no. in Toronto because their value in Toronto right now because of what happened, especially in the playoffs, has gone down. 100%. They are more valuable on the open market to another team. Well, and a guy like Kiermaier, who is the only one that I'm really all that interested in, how long do I trust his body on turf after it's already been on turf in Tampa for his whole career, now in Toronto? Yeah. Um, he's getting up there a little bit. I loved what I saw from him this year. I'm not sure how much longer. I, and, and they've done this before with other guys, right, that they've brought in short term, said, let's see what you got left, and it's usually turned out pretty well. Um, Simeon would be the, the, the biggest. Um, mm-hmm. Robbie Ray. They brought in, they had a great Cy Young caliber year out of them. They looked ahead and said, nah. I just don't think you're going to be that permanently now. And so. And they're that, not. That, right. And so in that regard, they haven't been wrong in terms of how they've handled some of these. I don't think any of those guys that we just mentioned will be back. And But, th- but the equation just works out that those guys can all get more on the open market mm-hmm. than they can get with the Blue Jays and the Blue Jays need to turn some guys over to have a fresh look. So it all just fits that I don't even know. We can have a Kiermaier discussion, but fine. That's one. Yeah. Like, no, I'm with you. Belt will be the other one that 
Yeah, but I imagine won't be back. Yeah, but why would he be? Yeah, like good hitter, did some good things, but the Blue Jays need turnover, and all those guys can get more money elsewhere because their value in Toronto is low. Hundred percent. So, I I just even the main issue is some of the big guys, and there's a lot of guys who've come in at like Vladdy regressed hard, and like his offensive numbers were what they were, but like. What happened to that guy defensively, who a year ago is like gold glove caliber at first base? This year, literally, I believe the third worst first baseman in the AL. Yeah. What has happened? What are you doing? And that is something. Is he not happy with his coaching? Is he pouting because his buddies got traded away last winter? I don't know what that is, but they need an answer on what he's going to be, and they need it fast. They have two years left on that contract before you have to decide, is this someone I'm giving $300 million to? But he's more valuable right now in a trade than mm. next year. Yeah, well, timing is the only reason why, right? Because right now you'd have two years of them. Right. I, they're not trading Gladdy, but you're going to have to figure out what's happening there and why he's gotten, why he clearly has regressed in so many different Then tell areas. me what they are doing, because getting rid of free agents and bringing other free agents and people in. Do you seriously think they're going to ponder trading Gladdy? Well, who else? They've spent years are, building this guy gonna, up on their TV network. Yeah, and that's on their, fine. Are they going to? Yeah, and I watched him get picked guy. off a second base. I, I, and I, I watched him with this, I don't call it laissez-faire, but it's like he tries when he wants to and he pouts when it doesn't yeah, when go well. he that single off the wall in Colorado and, or wherever and, it was late in the season. Like, And quite honestly, he comes across to me like a selfish hitter. Whereas Bo Bichette yeah. doesn't. And... Boba Shett's not perfect. No. But one of the things that if I can I, only keep one of those guys at this point. There's no doubt it's Bo. Right. But that's the difference. Yeah. It's like in a big moment. But even three years ago, that would have been a ridiculous statement. But in a big moment, who do you want at the plate? I but, want Boba Shett. Right. I'm saying. So what about Springer? Springer at this point actually stayed pretty healthy this year. He, did. he played the, more games than I ever thought. Yeah. Um, I think he only missed like eight games. And there's there's like, there's like some experience there that makes you go, yeah, I think this guy could get it done, so I'd have him ahead of Vladdy as well. Okay. But So yeah, are you going to pay $300 million for someone to be, at best, your third, the guy you're third most confident in? No. So, okay, so let me back up. Who's yeah. the core of the team? Give me the, if you had to list five guys... To go, this is the core of the Toronto Blue Jays. It's like when you go through the Senators lineup and you're like, you're talking about all these other things, but you're like, we're not doing anything with Stutzla or Kachuk or Sanderson or Norris. So, yeah. Or I, I, I see what you're saying, but those guys are all younger than the guys. I'm like, I'm going to say Kevin Gosman. I'm going to say Bo Bichette. Probably going to say Jordan Romano, um, although he has left some question marks this uh, this season. Well, hold on, hold on. Like, look, I would have liked him to pitch a little bit better at the end. He blew two saves when it really mattered. Yep. But he also came into the eighth inning in a different role. I've just always... Then he should... I understand. He I'm had the grant, most... I'm going to grant you that what I'm saying about Romano is irrational. I've just never been as confident in him as locked down. Now, more often than not, he comes in and he does that. He, he had the most the consecutive saves yeah. in a row of any reliever until he blew I'm, that same I'm late. I'm giving it to you, man. I'm telling you now. He's remarkable. My, my feelings on He's remarkable. Are, ugh, are irrational. He's remarkable. I heard you the first time. Please I stop I just wanted to say it again. <laughs> I'm granting that my feelings on this guy are irrational. Okay, so let's move on. Okay. 
He's in my. He's on my list. He's with Gosman. Yep. He's with Bo. Yep. So Springer, Bo, Gosman, Romano. I didn't say Springer. Okay. I think you're stuck with Springer because of the contract. For I think he's got two years left. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying it's going to be terrible. And and look, Vladdy, maybe he goes away. He has another one of his winters, and he figures some things out, and he comes back. I honestly, do you trust him? Not really. No. Okay. And on that list, I actually, no matter what you think of Romano. More often, everyone's going to blow a save or two. Yep, and hundred percent. He went twenty nine straight without blowing a save, and he blew a couple late. He also came into an eighth inning performance, and that's not where he usually comes in, and was really good. And they brought him somewhere in that last week or two into a tie game as well, which is yeah. again not where they are supposed to use him, and he wasn't very good there either. So it's it's just recency bias that there's been a couple of rough outings and sure at and, the end, yeah, and, yeah. and that's when it matters. Yeah. But do I trust Jordan Romano? I do. So I don't know what closer you go through in like how many closers. Yeah, bullpens are like goalies. How many it's voodoo? Man. Yeah, <laughs> how many goalies in the NHL do you absolutely trust? Yeah, like three, four. Yeah, so. one hand, right? <laughs> yeah, one hand. Yeah, and I think Jordan Romano, even if he's not on your first hand, yeah. he's probably on your second. That's fair. Okay, so I'm going to put him on the list that I trust him. Okay, here that's my issue with Vladdy, and it's I'm not saying to trade him. What I am saying is that in a big spot. For Gosman, Romano, Bichette, Springer. Okay. I trust all of those guys in whatever they need to do in that spot more than I trust Vladdy. Yeah. I hope when Vladdy comes up to bat, I hope when he needs to make a defensive play, but I don't trust him. I just hope he does. And I don't feel that way about the other four guys. Yeah, the frustrating part of Vladdy is... I know you can be that guy. I know you have that in you to do. But I also know it's possible that you're going to try and make a statement here and you're going to swing at something crazy and try and one-arm it out of the stadium and miss wildly. Or like He's a guy who often comes up with no game plan and he's just going to try and swing through something. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's not always a, a team approach. There was a lot of that, and even in that Minnesota series, which is so stupid. It's a two-game thing so it's such a small sample no they're size. selfish there's a lot of guys like that are just late in the game just no game plan up there swinging at anything yep. and but that's selfish that's yeah. that's yeah. when i say selfish so don't I you mean think part of that is unprepared hitting coaches like to me this bullpen and, and this rotation was fantastic this year if a bunch of your guys and some of them who haven't even been here all that long right some of your guys that you have brought in all immediately struggle to hit to me, that's on your hitting strategist. That's on your hitting coach. Like maybe Guillermo Martinez is the guy who's got to go. Maybe Dave Hudgens has got to take a break from tweeting at members of Congress. Do you think, though, that hitting coaches and are the reason why? I do think they are the guys who help you set up a game plan. Sure. This like, is what we Like assistant coaches in the NHL help you with a power play. Yeah. Sure. But if the guys but on the look, ice. Okay, but did it look like any of these guys had a game plan? That's why I question that maybe the coaching is part of this. Matt, all these guys. Have if talent. I'm a player wow. that's the core of the team, and my hitting coach doesn't give me a plan, I'm going to come up with a plan anyway, because that's my job of getting paid hundreds okay. of millions of so dollars. That's fair, but why not have both? Sure, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. But if if I, you have two guys who aren't giving your stars I'm not even, a plan, I'm not even then get pre- rid of those fucking guys. No, but I'm not even prepared to blame somebody else when I could tell Vladdy till he's blue in the face. A game plan, and he goes up there and he goes, eh, I don't know. Well, we don't know that. Yeah, but we don't know otherwise either. We don't know the other way. So 
I'm going to give coaches are a dime a dozen. I'm going to fire these ones. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to a hitting coach. Somebody's got to wear a hitting coach. You think? Yeah, and it's not a guy making how much do hitting coaches make? How much? I have no fucking idea what they're paying Guillermo Martinez. And do you know one hundred twenty-three thousand? Good. (laughs) One, two, three. Do you know the name of any other hitting coach in Major League Baseball? No, I don't. Not right now. And do you know why? Because you think they don't matter. Because they're an accessory. And they do their jobs, and they probably do their jobs like assistant coaches in football and hockey stay up all night and all day, and they go over tape, and they do everything they possibly can do to get the players prepared. But you know who I'm not going to blame when... What's wrong with a little bloodlust, man? Someone's got to go. Yes. It's not going to be the manager. It's not going to be the pitching coaches because it shouldn't be. The GM is staying. The president is staying. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I am not trading him at his lowest possible point just to... It's not his lowest possible point because he's got two years left and people think that they can change him. That's why. So you're going to sell him now. You're going to get pennies on the dollar. You're not going to get pennies on the dollar. Of course you are. What is someone giving you for Vladdy right now that will be equal to what Vladdy could give you if he suddenly turns into 2021 Vlad again? Suddenly. Yeah. You realize we're going into 2024? I mean, suddenly, as in we just watched him stink against Minnesota. No, but 2021, you just referenced. Yes. So next year, it's 24-25. It would be sudden from the end of this season to the beginning of next season. He suddenly remembers who he is. Let's not get okay, bogged then, down on the semantics of. I'm not going to get bogged. I am not going to start blaming guys that make a hundred grand that probably work their freaking ass off to help these million dollar players. Coaches get hired. Coaches get fired. That's, yeah, they do. And do you think a coach is turning Vladdy around? Really? I think a coach can help turn Vladdy around. No, Someone speaking. Why language. don't you put the. F- where it should be? Vladdy stunk this year. I've said it all year. I'm not trying to. Then put it on him, him then. I'm not trading him. Look, you can trade that guy now. So you don't want to trade anybody. You're going to lose that trade. You are going to lose the Vladimir. No, you're not. What do you mean you're going to lose? You're trying to contend right now. Who's trading you their superstar first baseman for your? Well, I wish he was a superstar. Can I interest you in a Fred McGriff, Tony Fernandez deal? Okay. Well, that happened last in 1991, I believe. So you're going to have to give me something. Can I interest you in trading? DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, that's a nice go-to as well. I've Okay. So when we think that these people are... You just told me that Robbie Ray and Simeon and... They're willing to bring guys in, see how it goes, and if they don't think that's what they're going to be long-term, they just move along. Okay, so let, let's just... Vladdy is yours, drafted... Fine, well, not fine, drafted, fine. Developed, brought through let, your system. Let's just boil this down to, again, who's your core? And are you trading anybody out of your core? If I'm willing to trade them, I don't view them as part of my core. I just told you, my core right Why? now might not be any bigger than sometimes Romano, cores, Gossman, and, uh, and Bo. But sometimes cores need to be shook up. Sure. That's I'm, not I'm like... Guy. You don't have to tell me that. Right. Sometimes things need to be changed. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to change something... Come on down, Guillermo Martinez. <laughs> Look, I, uh, ho- I hope you label this podcast. I'm Martinez. firing Guillermo Martinez. I will. Because if that's your answer to fix these problems, you are out of your mind. And I'm going to now come in two days a week <laughs> to fix this. Okay? Don't threaten Be- me with a good time. Because Guillermo <laughs> Martinez is not the issue with no, this no, team. Not. No, he's not. So what he are you doing a, to fix it? Matt, issue. what are you doing to fix it? That 
is a good question. And it's been one that, that, honestly, when you talk about Ross Atkins, everyone's like, but look at the pitching staff he built. And it's a pretty good pitching staff he's built. Mm -hmm. But there's not a piece to it that you drafted and developed. These guys, Shapiro included now, have been here going into their ninth season. And all the criticism that they laid at Alex Anthopoulos was... Look at how much that guy traded away to get you that one playoff run of 25th, right? Price, Tulowitzki, mm -hmm. and these... Did you miss any of those guys? Boyd had, what, like two good years in Detroit that were fine? Like, and that was the only th part of consequence that you dealt away to make all that happen. And so these guys have now been here eight, nine Who years. Who made the Syndergaard deal? That probably was him, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That one bugs me still. Sure. Um, not that Dickie wasn't... No, he was okay. okay. He was okay. He, he was okay. And they gave Darno as well. Yeah. In that deal. Yep. So, uh, and now I've lost my train of thought. Good. Um, what are you doing to fix it? Right. That thing. Uh, my point being. Don't think that I can't bring you around. Just because you have to bring <laughs> me around sometimes, I can bring you around. My too. point being was that for everything that these guys have talked about in terms of bringing in this elite pitching staff, they have done nothing to develop one from within. And they don't have a lot of top-end pieces to trade away to help fix what ails them right now. And so you're going to have to, some of this is going to have to be done. Maybe the majority of this is going to have to be found from within. And I don't think that's terribly scary. I'm not sure you'll ever see 2021 Vlad again. But that doesn't mean he's not better than 2023 Vlad. And so somehow you're going to have to reach that guy. And at that point... If you can count on another season of this entire pitching staff staying healthy, which was a stroke of luck, I'm not sure you'll ever get again. But mm -hmm. if you can reach Alec Manoa, if he's willing to even take your call at this point and, and come back to Toronto, we'll mm -hmm. see how that's going to shake loose. If you can get that great pitching performance again, if you can get George Springer another year older to get through the, uh, the season healthy again, plus Bo, plus somewhere between... 2021 Vlad and 2023 Vlad. Well, now you have something again, right? Like you're, you're starting to piece this back together, but that's why a lot of this is going to have to be solved from within because they just don't have that much that they can trade. And I think to your point a little earlier, it's going to be hard this year to attract free agents. There's a lot of noise around this organization right, right now after a season that was already underwhelming, another playoff flame out, and yep. now some front office. But are you not making my point for me that if they don't have a lot of prospects, they're not going to be able to get a lot of free agents. The one thing they can do is trade a big piece and get some pieces back. How does it not scare the shit out of you to trade Vlad and only to have him have another what 2021 season and go on to do that for the next you just 13 told years? Me that a lot of the people that they've traded or got rid of before, but have those, not gone Those have on. been pieces you brought in for one season, you've tinkered with them a little, they were helpful, and you punted them back. This is your guy. You've been saying this is our guy for yeah. years before he even showed up. And he's not your guy anymore. So when you trade him, do you think you're trading him for another star? No. Or are you trading him for pieces that don't help you contend right now? So, when... I'm trying to think. Final volley to you. We got to nope, move on to. I know, but <laughs> Vladdy's the face of the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah. Okay. Do they need a new face? That is the question. The answer to me is yes. Mm -hmm. 
and the face of the organization should be Bo Bichette. So right now, Bo Bichette lies in the weeds. Bo, Bo seems less fun, doesn't he? Like he maybe wants that. Do you know what I less. need? I don't need fun. I, okay, okay. I need productivity, okay. but and I need somebody my, my that's a freaking being, star. Can you see Bo's face grinning on the side of the TTC the way you see Vladdy's, but right? Like, can you see... Well, if you're wanting another face of the team, this is part of it, right? The, the, no, the, I want to win. Okay, well, sometimes that's not the same thing. If you're putting a public outward face on the organization. Do you know who the face is of the Ottawa Senators? Uh, it, it's been... Uh, it's 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 been a fairly unpopular one for the last several years. Pierre Dorian is perhaps the guy I no, think he's of the not. most over the last several years for sure. That is such a leaf response. Oh, Brady stop. Kachuk is the face of the Ottawa Senators. Okay, okay, and they have not made the playoffs recently. Since, yeah, since he has been there. Nope. they've not made the playoffs since seventeen. But the Senators weren't claiming we're contending right now. So you can put this guy out. They there actually and say, were three years ago. Well, they, no, they, no, they actually that's, did. That's true, but. Over the last couple of years, as Brady has become the captain, has become the face of the thing, right. you've been selling future. And that's been totally fine, and it looks like it might be about to pay off. The The, the Jays are saying, we are good, we are contending, we are going to win right now. So you can't look to the future. Okay, so in the finale of this Final discussion... Ball, we have to move on. <laughs> yeah, no, but the, the, the finality of this discussion is you don't want to trade or move anybody, and you're going to hope not- that they get better. I did not say I won't trade or move anyone. Yeah, but I'm of saying, consequence. I'm saying of Vlad, consequence. I'm saying Vlad. Okay, you gonna trade Bo? No. You gonna trade Springer? Yeah, but I don't think anybody's gonna give you much for him. Yeah, but that then what's the point? Isn't Springer you asked better? Me the question: Do I want to trade him? I said I would trade. No, him, but, but I, I'm not to get I'm something. Not saying back. I will trade him and to get something back to make your team better to if win. If someone now. offered me a trade that made sense for George Springer, yes, I would do it. If someone offered me a trade that would make sense for Bo or Vlad, I would do it. But I don't know what that trade looks like for Vlad right now. You're selling low. I know you keep telling me you got two years left. Who cares if it's two years of shit? I don't agree. And I think they need a shakeup. That's more than just letting free agents go. And bringing back Mr. Smiling Face that's getting picked off a second base and playing bad defense and going up there with no plan when he goes to the plate every time. You want to continue with that? Fine. I don't. I actually want a guy that I trust when he's at the plate. And I trust Kirk more when he's at the plate than I do Vladdy. I trust Bichette more. I trust Springer more. And I don't want to pay a guy. And I don't want him to be the face of the organization because the guy's a good dude. I imagine he's a great dude. He's awesome. And he can't hit, and he can't play defense. And we're going to pay him $300 million in two years. He can hit, and he can play defense. He hasn't done those things. So I'm going to allow you to end this discussion framing me as the moron here that is unwilling to do anything. Well, that's what you've said. You're not doing anything. that's a pretty reasonable summary of my position. You want to change minor parts and hope that they get better. I am saying you cannot win a Vlad Guerrero Jr. trade this offseason. No, no, you're moving the goalposts. No, I said that like 10 minutes ago. I know. What are you going to do to shake up this team? I don't know. Well, okay. You, are, you might be immeasurably backed in. You might be stuck. You've put all this money out. Maybe this is good as this group's going to be. And if, you, if you've learned anything in sports, the people that run great organizations, even when they appear stuck come out and make a move and smell like roses afterwards mm-hmm. because people Did go, I, I, Oh my God, I, they got I rid of that contract. At the very beginning of, of all of this along with you, 
I, Ross Atkins isn't that guy. So maybe that's the guy you fire. Good. It's not happening, but that's what I would do. Okay. See, now at least there's something measurably well, that why, we can look why at. Why sit here and talk about something you know they're not going to do? These two guys are joined at the hip. and I don't know that they're not going to trade Vladi. No, I'm, I'm talking about the Atkins thing. They're not going to fire Atkins. I was trying to help you out by giving you at least some... You know what would help me out? Another beer? Another beer. Let's do that. We'll take a break. We'll grab a beer. We'll be back in a sec. You think you know me. Go fuck yourself. All right. We will finally move off of the Jays and onto... And frankly, we will have all winter to, uh, to kick that around. We have to have another beer. Don't take that uh, to heart like Christian was talking to you. Mm. It's okay. I'll get over it. He was talking to Edge. Yeah. Or sorry, Adam Copeland. Yeah, we were not allowed to say the the E word. (laughs) The E word. I haven't heard that before. Okay. Um, The rated R superstar. Superstar. That, uh, do you know, Christian's my favorite right now. Yeah. Favorite wrestler. And really? Teddy talk. It is what he's doing in AEW to me is, and I say this like dead serious. Const- and I know you're going to think. Constantly referencing dead fathers. No, but I, I know that you're going to think that I, like it's a little bit in jest. Mm-hmm. The guy is late forties. Yes. He came in to the wrestling company of AEW as this, Hey, you know what? He'll be there. He'll be a guy that the youngsters can can learn from. We know what we we're getting. We can count on him. He's really going to help. He can be a mid card guy, and he can be this developmental guy. And the guy is headlined two pay per views, and he is the hottest star in the company right now. Mm-hmm. It's been a fun watch. And three words: Go fuck yourself. It's like, it's my theme. And that button will get some play, no doubt here. The theme music and the button. Yeah. As we move forward with uh, Lever Sage every Thursday. Hey, I didn't say it. Christian did. But man, do I echo some of the sediments. (laughs) Keep that in the back pocket there. What'd you grab this time, man? This is a, a staple for me. In Broadhead Brewery. Blue Berry Blonde. That does seem like a very much up your aisle. You like some of these. Now of the blueberry, I probably had 10 to 12 different blueberries from different. Blueberry. Blueberry. It's so easy to mess up when I'm sober. Yeah. Throw a couple pints Pint, into the yeah. mix. But this is like people who like blueberry. Some people like the more subtle part and some people like, you know, hit me in the face with it. Yeah. This is a yeah. hit. This is a hit me in the face with it. But I happen to love that. So this to me is one of my absolute favorite blueberries and one of the favorite beers that I have. In fact, that was in your fridge. Is that the point? This is the point where. The blueprint. It's I, called. Uh, I, I make you feel bad by telling you that it was in that fridge because it, it's someone else's and they always leave one or two over here for when they come to visit. And was uh, the la- it was the last one. Um, first of all, if you think I Go feel bad. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, play the sound <laughs> clip again. Go fuck yourself. 
Um, number one, uh, who else? We got to tell the world that that Lever Sage has been diving today into into the the put away fridge, the other fridge, and and uh, and, and finding well, all kinds of gold. Yeah, in but there. do you understand what's happened here today? Mm. Number one, we've come up with a I'm coming in on a weekly basis. Yeah. No, this, we, there was reason to celebrate. We've here. established that, so yeah. that's a celebration. Yeah. Number two, and you can correct me. <laughs> If I'm wrong. So I want you to step up right now and say, last time I came over, we did not do anything on the air. Right. It is the only time I've not walked in here with beer. That's true. Okay. Yep. Leaver Sage has always been more than generous and, uh, and was again today. And I brought a couple of Ashton IPAs. Different IPAs. Yeah. I try and bring you something different. hundred percent. Then you have not had the opportunity. Maybe you can't buy it at an LCBO or a beer store. Something that's just a little bit different mm-hmm. because I actually care right. about the tall can part of this audio. Right. So it's an important part. It is a very important part. <laughs> but correct me if I'm wrong, I bring you one or two every time I come. And that's not to pat myself on the back. That's because you and I both have an appreciation right. for craft beer and sports. Mm-hmm. And I want you to try some new stuff like you want me to try some new stuff. Right. So the audacity for you to say that I went into your special fridge, oh my God, how many other people walk in here every single time with beers that you haven't tried? List them. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Might, might be just your man, Steve Bunda, coming up Friday morning on the Talk In Audio Pod. Every time he brings you two new beers? Every time? Maybe one or two misses, but... Okay. Yeah. For the most part, he always uh, always shows up with beer. What I'm saying is I want access to your I know fridge. you want access to both fridges, and, and, and we'll work that out in the paperwork here before. <laughs> well, I've, just got, I've actually just it's taken actually, two from and, your fridge. And it's been worked out, yeah. <laughs> the deal is so. All right, I'm going to have to have a third fridge. <laughs> These are the super hey, secret if, beers. Hey, if you want me to contribute to your third fridge, <laughs> I think I'm okay with that. Um, look, get... you sort of... I. I cut you off earlier in the show. We were talking about the Red Blacks. We were talking about a few different places where coaching, where management was getting in the way of team performance and how often this has started to become a thing. And you had mentioned that you wanted to circle back to that. So this is probably the place to do it. Common sense. Okay. So. Not so common. If you've ever been on a sideline, especially in football, but in hockey as well. It is a very frantic area, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in football. Like, let's focus on that. It can be, there's so many things going on in such a short amount of time and decisions have to be made, especially in the CFL, but in all of football, sometimes you're, you're, you're trying to understand how like the down, the distance and the CFL is a 20 second clock. Things go by. You can't talk in the NFL and in college, you can't talk to the quarterback with less than 15 seconds left on the play clock. That communication cuts off. So you you need to make decisions really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. And obviously sometimes they get messed up, but you prepare all week. I have never seen, and maybe because I'm basically unemployed (laughs) and have watched more sports in the last (laughs) two months than I probably even watched when I was working because that's what I get to do now. Sure. Check it out. The, I, but I've never the, seen the finish. I've never the seen the incompetence. Like I I've seen this year. 
Never. Like in all aspects. And what I want to get to is the fact that every coach in football, but I would like to see it in some other sports as well. Baseball, not as much. Right. Because you have a couple, you, you have time to talk about different situations on the bench. Hockey, you got a little bit of time. So let's, let's concentrate on football. Okay. Everything's happening so quickly. You need to identify one person. So let's just say that I'm Bob Dice Mm -hmm. for the Red Blacks. I need to find somebody that I will call an assistant coach. And you know what their job is? Their job is one thing. It's to be the voice in my ear. If I'm trying to coach, it's the voice in my ear to go, you really need to think about this because I know there's a lot going on, but this is what's important. And this is what you need to do at this point. Right. So somebody that you trust more than, than anyone to so make sense. Is your, your point the, here for them to be less emotionally tied to it? Like this is, you're getting too fired up. This isn't part of our plan. I'm telling you revert to what we said in the pregame or like, is that, no, is that what you're suggesting? I'm, I'm, I'm the head coach su- is too fired up. I'm at, no, I'm actually suggesting that there's so much going on that they don't have time to think about what's actually important because there's so many things and so many voices happening. So the examples I gave before, yeah. I'll, I'll give again. So the New York giants who had a backup quarterback in, yes. We're up six, nothing with eight seconds to go in the first half over the Buffalo bills. They were at the, the one yard line. They had no timeouts. The only thing you can't do is run the ball. Okay. That's the only thing you can't do mm-hmm. because if you pass the ball, you have enough time that that pass can fall incomplete and you're going to kick the field goal on the next right. play. You have to either come away with seven or three points and three points at that point gives you a nine, nothing two score lead yep. going into the half and the Buffalo bills are in big trouble. Right. The only thing you can't do is not come away with those points. That's it. That's the only thing. So with a backup quarterback in, somebody has to be like what happened in that particular instance and why I'm using that example is because the coach didn't know what the offensive coordinator called and the offensive coordinator called a play that was a a pass but had a run option audible to it. Tyrod Taylor got up to the line and the Bills showed him something that he was like, I'm going to... I better go to the run. I better go to the run because that's what I'm seeing. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> no, but this is not Tyrod Taylor's no, fault. I no. had, but I had this argument with a couple of people who were like, it's on the player because the player chose the audible. And I'm like, no. In this particular instance, the head coach has to say... Whatever play is going in, this is a pass. Audible to the run is not an option. Right. We're not doing that. No, the word option does not exist on this play. Right. Because that's common sense. An incomplete pass is better right now than... No, it has to be an incomplete pass or a touchdown. That's it. Right. That's the only two things that... Do not run. Can't take a sack, can't run the ball. Right. They ran the ball 
didn't go well. And and you see Brian Dayball going over to the offensive coordinator to find out, and then he goes over and screams at the backup quarterback <laughs> all the way off the field. And it's like, did the backup quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, make a mistake? Yep. Did you give him an option to make a mistake? Yep. Yeah. That is your fault. But somebody needed to, to say something in that instance. And this happens, like, Bob Dice has kicked a field goal from the one-yard line and given the other team a chance to go back down, <laughs> right? Yes. In the CFL where you have to give a yard. Yes. Like, somebody needed to say in his ear, Bob, I know what you're thinking, Don't but, do it. but we need to do something else. Yeah. And, and Bob needs to trust that person. But in football, like I said, the Miami Hurricanes, all they need to do is kneel down to win a football game. And they chose to run the ball, and the guy fumbled, and they lost the football game two plays later. So when you get to these instances, it can be so much on one person. I've come to learn that it's almost unfair to ask a head coach in football to be this you have to be a leader of men and you have to run great meetings and you have to give authority to people. And then you have to be an in-game football manager and you have to be like 10 things. It's almost impossible to be the, the really like Andy Reid. Is he the best coach so, in the NFL? What you're looking for is the devil and the angel sitting on his shoulders, right? The, the one guy saying, go ahead, audible to the run. Don't. Don't run. Don't fucking run. But just have, have somebody on the Andy, other side. Andy Reid, would you agree that he's the best coach in football in the NFL? You'd be right there, yeah. It'd be hard to argue against him right yes. now. Yep. Okay? Yep. We crucified and I crucified Andy <laughs> Reid. Like, I bought him watches and sent them down to Philadelphia and Kansas City <laughs> because the guy couldn't tell time because that was his issue. Right. But he finally figured it out. And you know what he did is he put some things in place to help him just take a step back. We need to do this in all of sports. The coaches have so much going on that they need this one person that they trust in their ear to go, I know what you might be feeling seeing, but this is this is where you need to go right. in this spot. I've never seen so many blown games in my life. Well, Never. So do you think there's something to that, or do you think it's just a coincidence that so many happen to be happening right now? No, I think there's something to that. I think that the responsibility is so much, and there's so much pressure to come up with so many decisions in football, and I would put hockey in there as well. Hockey's just weird, right? It, I, I, I don't disagree with you, but there's so much random. Hockey's more random, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, but we have this great play, but we lost the face off. So fuck it, just just get the puck back. Right no, there. but to me, it's more about getting guys on the ice and and making sure that you have the right people on the ice at the right times. Yeah, yeah. Even I watched the Leafs in overtime when they both started their defensive centers. Right. And Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. This became a thing last year. The Leafs started doing David Camp. How about you go out? You win the draw, and if you don't... Get the hell off the ice no yeah. matter what. And if you don't win the draw, then you can go out and defend. It's three on three, first of all. There is no superstar defensive performances here. Like, no no, no. 2000s era John Madden is going to save your three on three. Here, uh, here, here's what I want to ask you about the overtime and the shootout as well. Okay. So I think we need a common sense coach in a lot of different sports. I like that name, yeah. To be just... The common sense coach. But when you have... 
like a coach has channels. They could talk to the coordinators and talk. They need a channel to just hear one voice. <laughs> one voice. To tell them, don't, this, don't this is it. what's happening. You need to do this. That's it. Trust. Well, then Co- isn't, isn't that guy the head coach? Nope. That guy's the one giving the instructions to the ultimate yep. decision maker? No, but, but I'm not asking you to be the head coach for 58 minutes of the 60 minutes. Only at the very end when it matters the most. No, only in big situations. <laughs> like in the first half. I'm just being the- an asshole. I don't disagree with you. Someone to get back in that coach's ear and go, hey, this is sort of the way we drew that up, or this is the plan we would normally run to. I know what you're seeing down there, but hey, hey, you know, just just keep a guy on track a little bit, thinking clearly, not overwhelmed But just about game management, just yeah. about even the, the timeouts. So the Cowboys, who would have got crucified if they lost the game on Monday night, but they didn't, so no one will talk about it, <laughs> is the fact that, and look, they're 4-2, and two, I'm happy about it. Yeah. They're a huge rebound after getting smoked by the 49ers but in the first half of that game uh, Michael Gallup ran out of bounds at the 42 yard line and there was f- like 40 seconds left on the clock Right, 42 yard line of I almost called them San Diego the LA Chargers and because he ran out of bounds himself the clock continued to go Right, they had their timeouts they didn't call a timeout. They get down to like 14 seconds. They throw a ball over the middle to Pollard, who's now at like the 17-yard line. They don't call timeout till three seconds to go to kick the field goal, where if they just had called timeout even at that point, they would have had one shot to the end zone. Yeah. And they defended it kind of going, I just wanted to be safe. Right. Well. No, no. You screwed the clock up again, Mike. <laughs> it's getting personal. We're using first names here. No, but that's what he does. Mike McCarthy, I actually think is a really good head coach. He he's instilled this fourth down's not a big deal. We go we go for it on fourth down all the time because the players think it's normal, and the only way you can do that is to keep going for it on fourth down. He's done some really good things with the offense. He mm-hmm. slowed it down. The defense isn't on the field as much. There's a lot that I like, but in the game and clock management, he sucks. So it's okay to go, hey. What is the thing, and this is the thing in all of sports I want to get across. I don't care who you are as a manager or a coach. Even if you're the smartest coach in the league, you're not, you don't have the game like completely. Everyone's got blind spots. Everyone's got weaknesses. What is the thing I'm the worst at? Right. And give me some. hand in somebody else that part. Give me somebody in my ear that can tell me what's going on of something that I'm really bad at. That's it. Get over your ego because your team will be better. Putting your team in positions, I'm telling you, when you kick a field goal from the one-yard line and you go into the locker room after the game and you say, I gave your, I gave you guys the best chance to win, the players go, Christian. Go fuck yourself. That's what they do. Yeah. And if you do that consistently, you're going to lose the trust and respect of your players. You can't do that. You need to put them in positions where it's actually on them to win a game or lose a game. You're doing everything you can. And when they start to think that you're not doing everything you can, yeah. you're in deep crap. Uh, Wanted to ask you something. Okay. Completely off the cuff. Sure. Getting super, and I saw this discussion yesterday and people were talking about it, but I, I, I think it's interesting. Do you like to shoot out in hockey? I would say 
Not really, but Do I ever don't, I don't to an answer hate, ever. I'm if you just let me finish. I know. Like yes or no. I don't hate it, but I don't. I don't love it. I don't hate. There are people out there who just stupidest thing in hockey, worst thing, ruins the game. Those people all loved it when it first came in, if you recall. And yep. now, now we're just bored. Now it's and so all of a sudden, three on three became the greatest thing in hockey, and it's just because it's new. But it's quickly becoming pretty fucking boring too. Yep. Like you said, two defensive centers go out, somebody's trying to win the draw, then you go get off, we'll circle back. That's coaching, right? People figure it out. Yeah. Well. Okay. So in the shootout, yeah. you like it or no? I still didn't get the answer. Do you like it? Yes or no? I will say no. I don't like it. Okay. But so, I don't hate it. How's that? I, it's, 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 it was great until you said but. Um, <laughs> whatever. It's not as evil as it's made out to be. Okay. Gotta, if, if, so you know if, what I, Until you're fine with having a tie, and I don't really have a, an issue with that either, just have a fucking tie and be okay with it. Yeah. Until you're fine with that, the shootout's going to be here. This okay. is how you're going to fix that. Okay. So here, that. here's how I'm actually going to fix it. Okay. Oh. Number one, I'm going to make it seven or 10 minutes, the three on three, mm-hmm. because when people say it taxes the players and they can't do that if they have to play the next night and whatever, um, I've never. It's also the same, like six or eight players over and over and over. Over and over and over. And if you don't want to tax your players, you don't have to, but you will because they're your best players. And if they're getting paid millions of dollars, they can play two more minutes a night. End of discussion. Okay. Number two. I thought I had something to contribute, but the discussion has been ended. No, it's been ended because I want to get to the shootout. (laughs) I don't hate the shootout, but I hate a couple of things about the shootout. Okay. I hate the... You see the Kuznetsov there on the weekend coming in at like half a mile okay. an hour. And here's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> this is exactly what we're going to talk about. I've thought about it. I've tried to come up with, like when I come up with ideas, I try and come up with why should we do this? Why shouldn't we do this? Mm-hmm. Like what is the the benefit of it? The shooter is boring. Correct? Nah. I don't find it boring. Okay. I find it an annoying way to end the game, but I don't find it boring. Like I'm in, I'm interested in how this plays out. Okay. Can I interest in you more in having a chaser? Nah. Why? At some point you just, you do the thing or you don't like, why are we tinkering with it again? Why are we? So Kuznetsov doesn't go a half a mile an hour. Who cares if that's what he does? What do you mean? It's his it's his attempt, if he thinks his best chance to score mm-hmm. is to come in at Jason Allison caliber speed. I love how he's the gold standard and he Everyone always Everyone knows exactly yeah. no, the I Jason Allison attempt. Because when you say it, yeah. you just have these flashbacks of, oh yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And so if that's what he's determined his best move is, mm-hmm. then whatever. Who cares? Like he hasn't broken rule. He didn't stop. He didn't spin. He didn't snow the goal. Can we agree though that stopping and having the puck kind of sit there and and have to try to understand if it's going forward or not is an issue? I guess it's an issue, but I, it was pretty clear he didn't stop. No, right? not so. with his in particular, but I'm right. saying there are some guys that come in and they almost stop. They do, but the puck is slightly moving forward yeah. and we get into this weird gray zone. Uh, they're doing that on everything. It was offside by half a millimeter 32 seconds ago, so we're waving that off. And like, this is just the way the game is now, is these fractions of a percent, right? So you don't think putting your fastest skater 
at even let, let's say well, at this point now we're at one on one why don't we just go back to three on three no 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 <laughs> let's just say it at their own goal line mm-hmm. so I'm starting from center going in on a goaltender and somebody else from a stopped position who do you think the Sens fastest skater is uh, Matthew Joseph. I, Matthew Joseph was the first name that came to my yeah. mind, but let's just sure say it's him. So the first time he's gone out there and he's got to start from a complete standstill and blows his groin out as the chaser. Yeah. How much support do we still have for this idea? Lots. Lots from your side of the table anyway, but I think you'll be pretty unhappy to not have that guy at your usage because he chased a shootout guy. If you're going to tell me that that guy's getting hurt because of a stop-start drill that he would do a hundred million times in practice in the game? I'm just saying you've created another opportunity for injury where one currently does not exist. I'm not saying he's super likely. There's not going to be guys blowing out groins every night, but you have created an opportunity. And at some point, someone will get hurt doing it. Right. There's no way around that. And the first time that happens, everybody goes, ah, was that really... We're still doing the shootout, but now... So that it, this guy's shot attempt ends in four seconds instead of six seconds. We've got a chaser. I, I just don't see the point, man. I, the point is, is they're not going to sit there all day and go half a mile an hour and pretend if you're going to go back with the puck. Did he really go back? No, it's like a legitimate breakaway in a game. Yeah. With lots of time. Because if if you told everyone that Matthew <laughs> Joseph had a breakaway in the second period and all of the other nine players were behind the other team's goal line, you would always say... Penalty kicks in the final of the World Cup. You want some guy running up from behind trying to get in between you and... and like, at some point, it just is what it is. It's a one-on-one. Penalty kicks. Yeah. In soccer. Yeah. What's the problem? What's the problem? Do you want a defender running up are, from behind them? Those players are exhausted. Yeah. They play 120 minutes. We're talking about 11 minutes for Matthew Joseph. <laughs> Come on. That's not the same. I'm just saying, man, it, a shootout's a shootout. Penalty kicks are penalty kicks. Just If you want to get rid of it, you really won't get much of a fight from me. But let's not start tinkering with that part of it until we, like, if we're doing three on three, and then maybe we'll get down to two on two, and now it's one on one with a chaser. Do you know I lost? Like, who gives Do you know shit? I lost a one on one? Um, crazy the coach didn't put me on for it but in a <laughs> tournament when I played youth hockey it went in overtime like a five on five four on four it got down to one on one right you were not the guy no no maybe the stupidest thing in the world though having one on one and our player went took a shot and of course fell behind the net yep well, that's basically what three on three is at this point, right? Your guy takes a shot, there's a rebound, they get away with it. And you're, it's when you finally get around, the coach is having you circle back and you take your like it finally opens up when someone gets a chance, creates a rebound, back the other way. Maybe you get a save, maybe you don't, back the other way. That, that's when it finally becomes funny. But at some point, someone sees their coach like, all oh, right, stop, stop, so that guy can get off and this guy can get off. It's, it's better than a shootout, but it is not as fun as it was when it first started. That's coaches getting their hands on shit. And Would you go back to four on four? I probably wouldn't. You would not? No. So as much as you just complained about it. I didn't complain about it. I said you, it's better than the shootout, but coach, 
every time you put another guy back on the ice, it's another guy for coaches to get to defend, right? So three on three can create chaos. It's just being coached out. They don't want the chaos. Nobody likes chaos. No, as a coach, you, that's. Nobody who gets paid in the league likes chaos. The rest of us kind of like the chaos. Four on four for 10 minutes seems like the, the best way to do it. And if it's a tie, it's a tie. Would you go to three points for a yeah, win? Yes, I would do that. Yeah. That's how you get people to stop dicking around, right? There are extra points available here. And let's actually create some separation in the standings. 100%. So you don't I, the, think you're still in it when you're clearly the not argu- still in The it. argument that when people do it at the end of the year and they go, well, if we had given three points, right. actually not much would have changed is the stupidest really argument is. I've ever heard. Yeah. The good teams are still the good teams. The bad teams are still the bad teams. You're just buried sooner. And they, they don't want that, right? It's good for ratings to make you think you're still in it. The argument of whether a team would decide that they needed three points and in the last five or six minutes of regulation would change their philosophy right. all the time. In the last month of the season, right. you'd be changing your philosophy all the time. Yeah, you'd want you'd want to know what was going on in the other game right now, right? Did they win? Then we need to go for it right now, right? Like we to get three points, like everything would change. 100%. For, to go at the end of the season to go back and say, hey, if we had given three points for a win instead of two, not much would have changed. And it's the laziest argument it really I've ever is. Heard. And and I honestly, I just kind of also hate that some games are worth two points and some games are worth three points, right? Like if you go to overtime, the winner gets two and the loser gets one. It shouldn't be that every game every game should have the exact same number of points up for, for the taking, right? So right, three-point regulation win, two-point overtime win, one-point overtime Doesn't make loss. sense. And the thing that people don't talk about enough, I know they talk about it, when they say you can't win the Stanley Cup by November, but you can lose it, you, you're damn right you can. <laughs> you can lose it yeah. because you just can't make up ground. Right. With the, with the format that well, has taken place. Everybody always does the same, the December 1st or American Thanksgiving, 90 some odd percent of teams who aren't in aren't getting in, right? Like it, it's just, you've got that much time to establish yourself. And, and, and the, again, the people that use the St. Louis Blues in the one year that they were. You can always find that one time so right. people can throw it in your face. Go, but, people, but people don't talk about in that year where they were like second last in the league, that they were six points out of a playoff spot. Right. They, they don't use that part of it. They no. use, oh, they were second last in Didn't the league. and they make up 17 points. And they came all the way back. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mike Rupp. Yesterday. Do you know Mike Rupp? I do. He's my hero. Former New Jersey Devil. Oh, he's my hero. Now Twitter video poster. Yeah, he's on NHL Network as well. Okay. Uh, does some stuff with Kevin Weeks. And I saw him yesterday talking about that one year that he played, he was on a team that from January 1st on had the third best record in the National Hockey League. Okay. They were 11 points out of a playoff spot didn't get there. Um, they finished seven points out of a playoff yeah. spot. As long as everyone around you is getting loser points in the shootout or yeah, whatever. They, they had the they third, make it up. third best record in the league. Yeah. It's why people complain about seasons being too long. It's why people complain about episodes like this being too long. <laughs> it's why people complain about a lot of things. But when seasons are too long, this is what happens. People get out in front early. And then it's coast time. Coast. It's rest is a weapon. It's NBA not, yeah. not playing guys. On, by the way, you love your Guy Boucher. 
drawn up plays for Austin sure Matthews, do. don't you? Love yourself some Guy Boucher. Oh my God. He was drawn up when they were down two and the goalie pulled. Was that opening night when they uh, came back? Yeah, it was. Against yes, Montreal? Yes, it was. Yeah, down two. Yep. There's Guy Boucher drawing up the plays, and I'm like, this is awesome. I don't even like the Leafs. Goalie and... pulled six, 445 to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, Guy Boucher's drawing up the plays, and the Leafs come back and win. Like, I'm here for that. In the regular season. I was pretty skeptical about the, that hiring. I the, remain so, but for now, early returns, pretty good. Love myself some Guy Boucher. Yeah. Love myself some Lee Sage every Thursday now on the Talking Audio Podcast. I may live to regret this, but we'll uh, we'll install some hot buttons. Sorry, I'm I'm just confused at the word may. What does that mean? <laughs> it's good to see you, Mr. Robinson. I'm not familiar um, with May because the Leafs never play in May. See now, <laughs> now we're getting on the same page. Okay, okay. Now you and I are. Are heating We're going to do a couple of these episodes that talk about nothing but those couple of years where it was Leafs, Devils in the playoffs. Bobby Holik had a great guest there on Friday. People, if you haven't, mess, uh, haven't checked it out, last Friday on the podcast, Ethan Shiner, great book called Freedom to Win. This is the Czech, uh, Czechoslovakia under Soviet occupation. Mm-hmm. And the only way that the Czechs had to fight back was in sport, right? Was was. The, we can get our hands on them on the field of play and obviously hockey being the biggest one. And so he tells the story of this Czech hockey team and their attempts to fight back over and over against uh, the Soviets or the times they would be away playing and they come home only to find out that their country has now been occupied. Do we go in? We may never get out, right? Do we, what does this look like? Mm. Anyway, this, I, the reason I bring this up is because it is uh, the, the, the main characters in the book are Bobby Holik's father and uncle. And uh, it's kind of told through their eyes as, as key members of the Czech hockey team at that wow. point. But Bobby Holik, douchebag as a Leaf fan, right? Like hated that guy. Just hated that guy. Just draped Is that because he got six shots in a playoff Matt's, game? Yeah, it's exactly why, man. Okay. That's exactly why. Yeah, yeah. Just draped all over Matt Sundin for, well, I don't remember if it was two or three series. Six shots in 60 minutes. It wasn't good. It's amazing. It was not. It was actually it was cr- not incredible awesome. feeder. Yes. Uh, so maybe we'll get into that <laughs> sometime. Listen, when you have put yourself in a spot where when you get a shot on goal, <laughs> it's like a goal. That's incredible theater in a playoff game. <laughs> For Devils fans, no doubt. Ah, God love the old am, New Jersey am Devil I, trap. Am I one? I don't, I don't really know what you are. Oh, I'm a Devil fan. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and people who, blame, people who blame the trap for 2000 and 2003 when they won the cup, a bunch of... Oh. 2003 against Anaheim, New what? Jersey was not the defend at all cost trap, trap, trap offender in that series. Right. That Anaheim team was a goalie and a bunch of guys holding on for dear life. Correct. <laughs> and in 2000, I stand to be corrected that they had either the first or second best offense in the league. They had Sakura, Ilyash, and Arnott. They had... Former the, Oshawa General. They Jason. were very offensively gifted mm-hmm. but Rafalski. Ni- but 90 Niedermeyer of course yeah. like 95 though oh yeah they trapped it down and it's like we think every single team they ever put out 2023 is the same <laughs> team know. in 1995 oh this this version and we will talk about them oh. at length moving forward this version of the Devils is not that version of no. the Devils Timo actually needs to play a little bit more <laughs> maybe defense. a little more maybe a little more uh, but we will wind this one down here 
Um, we are excited that uh, that Lee's going to be here every week. We got that figured out. Good to see you. It's been great, man. Happy you're in here. Uh, don't forget Friday, Bunda, maybe Creech, maybe not Creech. We don't know. We have music to talk about. You and I, we have like stories with AJ. You mentioned Scotty Mac. Scotty Mac wants it's to come on. Great, man. I'm going to get a couple other guests too. Good. I'm going to get a couple that. other people that hate me. Oh, it's going to be really hard to find. Uh, <laughs> I can help, but yeah, <laughs> but I'm going to get a couple other people in here to, to just liven up the discussion. It's going to be great, more. man. We'll yeah. do that. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed. If nothing else, you'll get your lever sage fix here. But trust me, throughout the week, there's other good stuff. Too. Oh, you have lots of great stuff. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to keep it coming. So make sure you're subscribed to the pod wherever you're hearing us right now. Uh, for Lever Sage, my name is Matt Robinson. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you on Friday. What the hell was that? Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Why are you so pissy?